Coming live from Edmonton, Canada, our guest tonight. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through the industry and information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Jodilyn Craven, financial educator and advisor, Fluid Money Blueprint creator. And she will share with us some exclusive tips on how to cons consistently attract money to do the things that you truly want to. Welcome to the show, Jodilyn. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. You're welcome. You're welcome. And, and we are also uh, very uh, happy to have you with us because you are talking about money. So this, this whole, this day is special in terms of, because we have got a very, very, very lovely guest from Canada. And secondly, you are going to talk about money, which is very, uh, which is again, a lovely thing for a lot of people. Yeah. So Jordan, tell us, uh, tell us about uh, how, why is it that some people are rich? Some people attract money all the time and some people do not. Hmm. Just let's start from there. It's a loaded question. Um, that has been the, the answer to that question has been the journey of, of my life. Um, yes. So I'm, I'm going to tell you a little bit about that journey because I think that it's really important. When I was in my early 20s, I purchased a home uh, at the boom of the economy um, with my then boyfriend. And then fast forward a couple of years, um, you know, the relationship wasn't going well. It wasn't what I wanted, um, but we had a huge crash. The housing market collapsed. You know, the economy had collapsed. This is 2008 collapse. Um, and right. my house was worth half of what we had purchased it for. So walking away from that relationship was really difficult um, because it was also a, a choice or a decision to tank my entire financial life. So it sent me on this journey of understanding. I had this desire to understand how money works and what I did wrong so that I didn't repeat those past mistakes. Um, so I entered, I, I was, you know, I had a great career at that point. But I decided I was going to enter the financial industry part time. I was going to become a financial broker. I started doing that, fell in love with that. You know, a few years into that, I started to see that, you know, I could free up money for somebody, uh, you know, even a thousand dollars a month. And this wasn't rare. This was often that I was doing this client after client. And then I would build this beautiful plan you know, to get them out of debt and to get them into a better position. And, you know, the next five years of their life, were going to be completely different than the last five years. And I would come back in a year and they would be in a worse position than when we started. So I started to see that there was this energy behind money, that there was more to it than just the ABCs of money. You know, you take $50 or $100 and you save it. There was more than just the understanding of the third dimension, I call it. There was also this mindset side of things that was missing and then this energy, this frequency piece. So that that has been, um, answering that question has been, you know, the last 12 years, 11 years of my life. And, and the truth is that it's kind of like a puzzle. It's all of these things, the way that you think about money, the way that you think about our world, the frequency that you carry within you, as well as understanding uh, what money is all about and how to do it. Right, right. The good, good part is that not many people were able to come out of the financial crisis, you know, the great financial crisis or 
2008 subprime crisis and, and you know it, it it was a contagion which hit the, all across the globe and yeah. you were able to fight it out come out of it and build a solid life in fact women's international women's day is just a few days from now and if i look as an ideal woman in that sense you know to to not be let down by circumstances but to come out strong and very strong and and then be a inspiration some sort of a leader in her own sphere and adding value to people's life and you are adding value in terms of the biggest thing that you know that makes the world go around is money you know mm-hmm. so you got to show show a lot of money to all our listeners today so tell me what is this fluid money blueprint created through which you guide people how to attract money tell me i too am interested to attract <laughs> money as of now i have not been able to do that uh, amazing okay well let's talk about it um so so for me i could see that there was this mindset itch- issue and i started to dive into that i was reading books i was taking courses i was you know spending a lot of money trying to figure out the solution to the problem and and then i started to get into the law of attraction and i loved the law of attraction i think you know it's the unseen and i i come from a, a background of science you know I, i i wanted to be a nurse when i was really young and then i wanted to you know be an environmental science and i went to school for both of those things so a lot of people can't wrap their mind around the law of attraction because they can't touch it they don't feel it's tangible so i went to work to find the tangible the the logical side of of the explanation and the fluid money blueprint is really a road map or a blueprint that's why i called it the blueprint on how you what are the step by step to actually attracting more money into your life because a lot of the law of attraction stuff is very vague like meditate or you know detach or you know be grateful and it goes so much deeper than that so the first phase of the fluid money blueprint is unlock your abundance blocks so i teach you my method it's a custom journal method on how you actually get to them because when uh when it comes to money if you would imagine this there's a dam you know this giant wall and on the other side where the water is that's all the desires that you have with money all the money that you want all the things that you want all of that stuff and you're standing on the other side of this dam and there's nothing coming through okay so the first phase is all about recognizing that you built the dam that you know the way that you think about life the way that you think about yourself the way that you think about yourself with money all of these things culminate this giant wall that blocks you from receiving more money into your life okay so that's all about phase 1 how did you create this wall this block between you and money and some quick examples of that you know we were talking about women and men and women kind of look at things differently there's it's not good or bad it just is the way yeah. that we're programmed so women are programmed to seek perfection that we believe that there is this perfect woman that has it all together and does it better and it doesn't exist but that's the standard that we hold ourselves to so to give that example some some framework in phase 1 seeing that your standard for yourself is like through the roof it must be 
perfect actually blocks you from receiving more because what you're telling your brain is I have to do this, 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 and the list keeps going on and on and on before I will receive money. And the thing is that our brain is trained, our brain is designed this supercomputer to look for whatever we believe to be true. So then it will create this reality in front of you where you have to do all of those things. And when you're not doing those things, you're not receiving any money. Or if you're not up to your standard that's through the roof, you're you're receiving less money because of this mindset or this, this attachment to, I ha it has to look like this. It has to be perfect. You know, men are a little bit different in that way that you don't believe a perfect person exists. So we can all take, you know, a page out of their book and learn something about that. So that's phase one is really understanding how you see your world and it goes much deeper. Most money mindset coaches that I have ran into, and this is the whole reason I developed the program, um, they would stay on the surface. You know, what did you learn about your parents or from your parents? Money doesn't grow on trees and it's, you know, you have to work hard for money. That is the top of that wall. And what happens is we start, you know, peeling away the bricks or, you know, seeing that there's the bricks and starting to dismantle this wall. But we get, you know, like the first layer done and we're tired. Oh, nothing's changing. And, you know, it's really not that effective because the deep-seated beliefs have more to do with who we are or who we think we are or whether we think we are good or bad versus money itself. It really has nothing to do with money, but we've attached it to money. So that's the first phase is understanding how you see your world. The second phase is actually dismantling the negative money um, perspectives that we have because these are precipitating our world. They're creating our reality. So a lot of times people just say, you know, in this industry, the coaching industry, just shift, just, you know, shift your mindset or just, just shift your frequency, just be positive. And people are like, how? And I relate this to, you know, if you've ever left an appliance on at home, you know, women uh, sometimes are notorious for this, but I'm sure men do this too, right? You leave something on at home and then you leave and then you're away from home and you're like, oh no, did I turn that off? That curling iron, that coffee pot, the yeah. oven, you know, whatever it is, did I turn that off? And you're racking right. your brain. And then all of a sudden you start to feel this fear bubble up in your chest and your heart is pounding and it's in your throat. And if it's something that you're really afraid of, you're driving home to check, you know, or calling your wife or your husband or whoever is at home to see if, you know, that set of planes is on before you burn the house down because your whole body is participating in this experience of fear. And when it comes to money, we do this. So we've had this trauma with money where there wasn't enough in our bank account or we made a mistake with money or, or something has happened in our life. And then we continue to relive it on a daily basis. And the way that our system is designed, our system is designed to protect us, not only our brain, but our body. That's why we have this fight, flight, or freeze response. Now, what's happening is we're having this fight, flight, freeze response when it comes to money. A quick example of this is, you know, going to log into your bank account. This was me. I would go to log in. I wouldn't even, I would get to the sign-in page. That's it. And all of a sudden, I would start having this response within my body. The fear would raise up. I would feel my heart pounding. I would feel my throat closing off. I would feel, you know, this weight on my chest. My body language would change. And before I know it, I've exited out of the page and I've started to do things to 
force something to happen because of this fear. So every action was now driven by this scarcity or this limited mentality. And what we're putting into things, the energy or the frequency that we're putting into things is the energy that we're calling back into our lives. So in phase two, dismantling these negative uh, money perspectives, what I do is I give you a, a method on how to stop it in its tracks. Okay, how to walk back the pattern so that you're not actually going down the same path over and over again. You know how we kind of do things that we don't mean to do? You know, why did I do that again? You know, you can stop doing that. You can start choosing to do things a different way, one that supports where you're going rather than holds you back or holds you into this mindset that isn't is limited or isn't actually working for you. And then the third phase is abundance on autopilot. How do we de design your life? Because who you are is what you are attracting. So not what you want to be, you know, in the future, but who you are now. And that comes from a frequency perspective, but also, you know, the way that you carry yourself and all of these things. I'm sure you've met before, you know, a salesperson where you couldn't get away from them fast enough. Because right, you could right. feel that all that they wanted was to sell you something, right? And you could feel this gross feeling. And you could have also felt the opposite where you've met somebody and you were just wowed by them. Whatever it was, you couldn't put your finger on it, but you just wanted to spend more time with them. That's because of their frequency and the intention that they're putting into these moments. And what we don't realize, one of the biggest learnings for me in this phase three, when I built this, when I went through it, because everything that I teach, I personally do in my everyday life and have done for years. So in this phase three, I walk my students through analyzing their day. And when I did this for myself, I'm a happy, bubbly person. And I am very, you know, I, I, I'm very on board with being grateful and doing all these exercises and meditating and all this stuff. So if, if you would have asked me, five years ago, what is your average feeling that you feel throughout the day? Mine would have been happy. I am happy. I'm joyous. You know, I'm excited. I'm just this bubbly person. That's who I am. But what happened for me is I, st I started to look at my actual day when I woke up, when I was getting ready, when, you know, I did my morning routine, when I went through my day. And then I started to like map out an average day for myself. And then I started to map out the feelings. When I wake up, how do I feel? When I, you know, I'm getting ready, how do I feel when I'm doing this? And when I realized looking at that picture is what I thought was happening, this bubbly person that I thought was coming out was being suffocated in the anxiety. I'd wake up with this feeling of anxiety, like I'm behind the eight ball. I should have woke up, woken up earlier. I should have done more. I, I should be already at the office. I should have already made phone calls or contact with somebody or done something. So I always felt this, this anxiety. So when I actually looked at my average feeling or frequency, it was anxiety and overwhelm. And that's what you're telling the universe on average is like, I, I can't handle anything else. And that that's the other thing is, what do you say? So I found myself saying, I can't handle it. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. You know, and I, I don't have enough of that, which are all limiting phrases. But also when you, when you think about them, if I'm saying out loud, I don't have time for that. 
What does that say to the universe? You don't have time for more clients. You don't have time to take care of people. You don't have time for new people to come into your life. Okay, you know, you close this bubble. She's not available for more. And that's exactly what it was doing. So phase three abundance on autopilot is really getting into how you live your life. And, you know, what you, who you are attracts more of, of the same. So we're attracting what we are in this moment. So how can we bring more joy, more excitement, more love, compassion, whatever it is that you desire, you know, it, when I get to a million dollars in my bank account or whatever your goal is, there's a feeling, there's a reason why you want it. It's not just the million dollars. It's so that I feel free. It's so that I feel safe. How do we bring those things into your life today? So there's not that gap and you are, you know, attracting abundance on autopilot. And that's the fluid money blueprint. Uh, nobody knows about the millions better than you. You know, Jacqueline <laughs> handling ten million dollars under you know under management. So that's that's a lot of money, you know. So you are the right person to talk about <laughs> millions and a lot of happiness to for people. But uh, Jordan, I just wanted to understand. You talked about three points. One was you know how you exactly see your wealth, and that is where mm -hmm. you talked about perfection. Then you talked about dismantling. You know whatever the way you what is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the third part, uh, part was, you know, ab abundance. And that is where your abundance consciousness uh, comes in. But I'll take it one by one so that, you know, a lot of people are not from financial background, but they do yeah. understand money as if they understand, you know, themselves. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah uh, that everybody thinks that they know themselves, but actually, you know, that's the most difficult thing to sometimes realize come to realize only time mm -hmm. teaches you that and the perfection part comes in there you know that mm -hmm. uh, you got to see the world the way you, it is and then you got to see yourself the way you are mm -hmm. and maybe there is uh, the, the way we have been programmed by nature by god uh, whoever it is uh, we got to uh, see money as per that and make corrections accordingly so mm -hmm. how do you see perfection and money and is it a roadblock somewhere or how does one uh, especially you said a lot of women tend to tend to be more perfect in their day-to-day -day life that's the way they have been programmed how do you strike a balance between attracting money as well as uh, fighting with the nature that, that that has programmed you exactly yeah, I I love what you said um, about getting to know yourself because that has been the biggest key to this entire journey is understanding how I operate. And the key, I think another key to add to that is from a place of curiosity. This is how you balance it. Understanding how you're seeing the world. I was just doing some journaling yesterday and I, I was writing down my intentions. That's one way that you, one question you can ask yourself or, or one way that you can discover how you see money and some potential limitations that you have is really write down what your goal is. Um, you know, I want $10,000 a month to come to my bank account or I want 20,000 or I want whatever it is. And then while you're looking at that piece of paper, watch what your body does. Does your body like curl forward? Like, uh, do you like feel this, this loss or this, you know, um, this feeling of grief or anxiety coming through? And what's that all about? And when you ask yourself, is it possible for me to achieve this? What's the answer? 
Okay. We don't spend a lot of time with ourselves anymore because there's, you know, gadgets and TV and this and that, and, you know, life has become so busy and we've been programmed to just keep doing, just, just keep going, just keep swimming, right? Just keep going this way, right? right. Keep putting more effort in, keep doing more. And, and the, the, really amazing thing that I have learned is that it's not necessarily about what you are doing that plays a part, you, you know, but the what actually matters less than the how you're doing it, how you're embodying the things that you're doing, how you're thinking about it. And um, so, yeah, it's it's this this culmination of we think we have to be perfect, have it all figured out before we'll actually receive money. So challenge that, challenge that perspective that I have to have all of my money blocks figured out before I will receive money. No, is that absolutely true? This is a question I ask my students and I ask myself multiple times a day. Is it an absolute truth? We look at our world, we look at the world that we've created, our past experiences, what's happening to us now, what people have told us, what we truly believe, and we think that is the world. But have you ever sat next to somebody at like a conference or, or you know, a movie or whatever, and you're like feverishly writing notes, the speaker is so amazing, I'm getting so much, and you look over to your left and the person next to you is like not feeling it whatsoever. It's because of your perception versus theirs. Your perception is creating that reality. So when you start to ask yourself some of these pivotal questions of how do I see my world, you know, that, that goal example, you know, when that, when you're asking yourself that question, do I believe that this is possible? And your body is saying, no, absolutely not. You've never done that before. You haven't had that many clients come in before. You don't have a big enough following. These are all limitations and perceptions that you've anchored into, but is it absolute truth? And what an absolute truth is, is when every single human on this planet, every single thing on this planet is ruled by this absolute, it is the same across the board. When you start looking at life that way, there are very few things that are absolute. And if one person has done it differently, has, you know, has whatever, has done it the way that you want to do it, that means that you can too. You're not locked into doing it the way that, you know, you see over here or the way that you designed in your past or what's happened to you in the past. If one single person on this planet has been able to achieve it differently, it means that there's billions of possibilities available for you. Right, Jordan. You see, the way I see it is you are a very strong person. You have seen you. yourself from very close understood mm -hmm. yourself better as you went along mm -hmm. and you have so you are a brave brave woman you have got so much of courage to talk about your difficult time your insecurities how you were facing you know struggling to even open your bank account online you know whatever fears you had but not everybody is as strong as you are uh, jordan in in this world we have got a lot of people who live in their own closets, mind closets, and they never are able to come out. But, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and many of them wallow in self-pity, whether men or women. Mm -hmm. But one thing is very much sure, they all have needs. They are very, very talented people. And they also need money. Not maybe a million dollars, but they do need money 
and they do deserve the money that is always there on the sidelines you know mm -hmm. but somebody uh, they but they don't know how to do it but they they are facing the same problems you can say the money blocks as you can say mm -hmm. problem of seeing themselves as being perfect want to be perfect mm -hmm. but don't know that perfection actually is a very different sort of a word and it's the way you perceive it mm -hmm. you know even the earth is not perfectly round you know that's the way they go if, if, if it were perfect it would not do what it is doing today yeah. you know if, if, it, if it did not have a what you call uh, a flattening at the poles it will be seeing different changes in weather seasons and whatever it is so, and and if you know so that's it's, the way it is it's so almost like one, perfectly imperfect absolutely 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 so mm. on all the three points you know about seeing your relationship with wealth dismantling yourself your your way you you are individually and conscious abundance and consciousness how do you tell such people who live in their minds closet to see things the way you teach your students who you know who are fortunate enough to get a direct guidance from you mm -hmm. but i'm talking on behalf of a lot of people in india and outside because this show goes to a lot of many countries more than 80 countries uh, as such and not just in india but from that perspective people who are not as open and as strong as you how they what way you will uh, give them your tips in simple manner so that they get they they understand it and and actually attract start attracting money Mm, well, um, shameless plug here. I have a free webinar that they can watch that goes into details on the mistakes that we make as entrepreneurs and uh, the fluid money blueprint, the actual framework of what I teach and all of that. And it's free. If you find me on Instagram, just go to my link in my bio and you can find it there. Um, the The thing that I want to say about that, though, is is that I truly believe that God has made us perfectly imperfect. And I truly believe that God doesn't give us the it, more than we can handle. And so those who are struggling to be courageous and look at all of this stuff, because that is num one of the number one reasons why people don't look is they're afraid to see. They're afraid to see how they feel or what they think or whatever. It's that that fear of seeing all of the mistakes maybe that you've made or the, the you know the things that you've done wrong or the things that you feel shame around. And if if someone is struggling with with that, I would remind you to look back in your life. And this is what I do often as well. I look back in my life and look through the trauma that I've been through, the hard times that I've been through. And come on, we've been through. All of us have been through a lot, you know, especially the last two years. And when I started to look back at these things, I started to see how strong I truly am. I made it through that. And yes, I really believe that we come here for a reason. So if this stuff is coming up for you, there's a reason that it's coming up for you. It's, it's an opportunity to heal this trauma, an opportunity to create a new life. And, and I really don't believe God makes any mistakes. Um, and, and that being said, you're here for a reason. And, and there's you were put here on this planet to receive abundance, to have an incredible life, to have an incredible experience. That's why the souls on the planet are here. That's why you're here. And it takes that first step. 
of I'm going to just dip my toe and see what it's like, but from a place of curiosity, I wonder what lives there. I, I wonder what I can learn about myself and, and really realizing that, that even when you're in it, you know, when you've gone through the hardest things that you've gone through, even though they left you bruised or a little bit broken or different, you got through them. You got through them. You're still standing. And for me, I'm so grateful for where I stand in this moment. So I wouldn't change all of that stuff that I've been through. So I want to remind the people who are afraid to look that there's nothing to fear. You've been given this this challenge or this opportunity in your life because you were meant to. And, And that's one of the things that I love to do is hold people's hands as they go through it because uh, often we aren't compassionate with ourselves. We're compassionate with the world. You know, your best friend can come to you and say, I'm so awful. And you're going to love on them and you're going to build them up and, you know, whatever, all of these things. But when it comes to ourselves, we're like, oh, we're awful. I'm awful. You know, we just end up getting the beating stick out and say, yeah, you are. No, you know, having that space where you can be compassionate with yourself and learning how to do that, that's a skill. I call it being your best friend. You know, when you can become your best friend and know how you operate, you have the keys to the kingdom because you're the one that's creating your reality in the way that you are perceiving it, the way that you are thinking about it, what you are calling towards you. Now, if you go on a journey over the next, you know, let's say lifetime, because it's never done and You don't have to be perfect to start receiving, but you go on this journey of curiosity, of understanding how you operate and why you believe what you believe. Those are the keys to the kingdom. That's the keys to creating your own reality. And I, for me, I just provide the framework that I used that helped me get there. Um, So I believe that you can find that courage and, and you have to truly want to. That's the other thing is you have to want to take personal responsibility for everything. Not with a beating stick, but with this ability to respond. That's responsibility, our ability to respond. So, you know, the difference between staying stuck here versus moving forward is really, will you take responsibility for the things that happened in the way that you're going to acknowledge them? You're going to see, okay, I can see, you know, that with my fight with my husband, there's the story that I tell everybody when my husband and I were first dating, he asked me a question. We were on the way to like a, a dinner or something like that. And we don't been dating for like a month or something. So really young into our relationship. And, and he was like, are you good for money? And I was like, <gasps> that was my response. And I was angry and I could feel it. And it was going to start a really big fight, a really big fight. And I like, pulled myself back and I, and I started to cry and I don't normally cry. So he's like looking at me like, what is going on? I, I didn't mean to offend you or I, I don't, you know, he's, it, he can't read my mind. You know, that's what we think is other people can read our mind. They can't, um, not effectively anyway. So I, I said, we'll talk about this later. And so I had this response and because I have trained myself to look at these responses and challenge my perception, I went within and I journaled about it. Why did that make me so angry? Why did I have this response, like this, this visceral response in my entire body? Like I was mad and I was embarrassed and I was ashamed. Like, why did all these feelings come up? And really it was the meaning that I attached to it. Oh, he's asking because it means that I can't take care of myself. He doesn't think that I'm good enough. 
doesn't think that I'm responsible. All of this stuff came out. And then I did the courageous thing because this is what relationships are built on is communication. And it's even communication with yourself. So that communication with me, understanding how I was perceiving the situation, he's asking this because he believes all of this really awful things, awful things about me. And I could have stayed stuck there. And most people do. I could have stayed stuck there and it would have ruined our relationship. I would have held a grudge, you know, whatever. But instead I asked him, I was courageous and it was hard, but I said, listen, Nate, I really need to ask you something because the way that I perceive what happened versus maybe what your intention might be completely different, but I don't know. And he was like, oh, okay. You know, he's, he's a farmer dude. Uh, <laughs> so like rough and burly kind of guy. And he's like, oh, okay. Um, and I told him that I said, you know, you asking me that is means that I'm I'm not responsible. It means that I'm not can't take care of myself. It means this and this and this. And he looked at me with this puzzled look on his face, and I'll never forget it. And he was like, No, I just feel like I want to take care of you, and I want to make sure you're okay. But we don't talk about money because you're not my wife, so I have no idea anything about money with you. Like, I don't know if you're good or bad or you need money or you don't, but I just wanted, I wanted to tell you that I'm here for you and that I can support you if you need support. And you know, that's the way that he has supported in the past is with money. So that that's what he knew. But what I thought he was saying versus what he was actually saying was two different pictures. And that's when I could really see that my perception was what was distorting my reality. It didn't mean any of those things. And I could let go of them and I could allow him to love me. And I could allow that trigger to just be disconnected, that button to be disconnected. And I could learn to really reflect on the way that I feel about things and then start asking some questions. Does it mean this? You know, because often our perception is just based on a past, a past limitation or something that we saw in the past or heard in the past or experienced in the past. But it doesn't mean that that's exactly what's happening today. It could be com something completely different and beautiful like that story I just described. That's that's very uh, smart of you to you see, you got a good brain. Uh, you immediately <laughs> went into uh, it would told you to go into a self introspection mode. To mm -hmm. see things from that, and you did it very quickly. Well, did it, yes, yes, it was hours later. I can do it quicker now because yes, I yes. practiced this. And you know, that's why the course that I teach, the Fluid Money Blueprint, in it's called More. That's why the course is a six-month container. Because you could go through all of the material in four to six weeks, somewhere in there. You could probably go through it in, you know, three weeks. It'd be very difficult to do it in three weeks. But let's say four to six weeks, you could go through the entire material. So what are you doing for the next couple of months after that? Practicing. Practicing. It's like a thermostat. You are changing the frequency of your life. You're changing the way that you see things, the way that you automatically respond so what, to things. What, what, what do you do to practice? You stand outside the bank and... Ask money to come in to attract no. the money. <laughs> you live life. You continue to live life because our life shows us the things that we need to alter or change or, you know, the things that we believe because the perception that we have creates the reality. Our frequency is creating this reality. So if your reality isn't matching what you desire, there is a disconnect. 
That's the practice is living your life and being open to this. And then in the container, you have, you know, the opportunity to be held by the people in the group and me and to go deeper and continue to practice so that that introspection is your first reaction rather than, you know, months later. Why didn't that work out? You know, that becomes quicker. It becomes a muscle and it's just trained uh, in a different way than it was before. Right. Jorglin, one thing I wanted to ask, right, like whatever we were talking right now was for a lot of common people, you know, people uh, who want to uh, want to have some money in their lives, you know, maybe become Mm -hmm. a bit richer, perhaps, if possible. But you also tell a lot of entrepreneurs this particular, uh, you know, uh, all all your tips. Now, entrepreneurs are some people who know about business who want to grow their business so they know about money now how can entrepreneurs subconsciously block money in their lives or do not attract money in your life and they need your help that is mm-hmm. how how is this mismatch how does it this imbalance happen and how what do you do to correct that yeah. how can entrepreneurs not attract money <sighs> Well, the same way that we've been talking about, because entrepreneurs are just people. And before they knew, you know, business strategy, they were just a person who was learning business strategy. So each on like there's different kinds of entrepreneurs. There's solo entrepreneurs. There is there is business owners who have people that work for them. And those are two completely different mindsets, Um, you know, making you know, six figures versus making seven figures are two different ballparks. The challenges that you face um, are different. So entrepreneurs are just people and all the things that we've talked about today, they're affected by. And I like working with entrepreneurs because they're typically more open. They're already on this personal development journey. Most of the time they realize that it's not the ABCs or the third dimensional things that they're doing, the structure of things, but how they're thinking about it, how they're showing up for it on a daily basis. So it's easier to transition into this conversation about money and really this, you know, looking at how they're blocking themselves, but entrepreneurs do it all the time. I just gave you a few examples earlier. You know, I've never done that before. That's a huge one. I've never, you know, made six figures in a business. I've never supported myself in a business. Um, Going from, if you're an employee, jumping into entrepreneurship, that, that, that feels crazy. Now you're going to support yourself. Now, you know, you're not going to get a paycheck every two weeks. That's something that, you know, my husband over the last couple of years, he's like, you don't know what, you know, what you're getting paid on a weekly basis. I'm like, well, I have a rough idea. He's like, how do you live like that? That's too much uncertainty for him. Okay. But I've trained myself to not see that as an uncertainty, but rather see that as opportunity. Every week I get paid from my brokerage business. I get paid uh, twice a week. Um, from my coaching business, I have people who sign up throughout the month so I can get paid, you know, a couple like this recurring profit throughout the month. So I could have different amounts every single week, but it's exciting for me. I've trained myself to see the excitement in that and the possibility in that rather than I've never done that. I don't know how to do that. Um, you know, I've, I don't have that many followers, so that's not possible. That's what entrepreneurs really have to break open is 
the way that they've been taught to do it versus the life that they want to live. A lot of times they're on opposite sides of the spectrum. You know, I want to have more time with my family. I want to be able to travel more. I want to, you know, have more freedom of my time, not be chained to my desk. Because as entrepreneurs, one of the first things that we learned in a, a huge thing in our culture is this hustle culture. You got to work, 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 work. For me, I was working seven days a week, 12 hour days and burning out. I couldn't sustain that. But that was my belief system as an entrepreneur. I have to work that much to get paid six figures. That's what I believed, but it wasn't true. But because I believed it was true, I kept recreating this reality over and over again. I truly believe that if I took one day off, then my whole business would collapse. So I couldn't take days off. I couldn't spend time with people. I was constantly rushing to the next thing because of this mindset, this belief system. And I was literally killing myself because I was going through adrenal fatigue and I was experiencing maybe mild depression, all of these things. But I wasn't paying attention to that because I was trying to force myself to do the things I thought I had to do. So when I really started to be uh, introspective and uh, identify, how do I see what I have to do? What do I have to do? What does hard work look like? And I started to question some of these things and start to uh, imprint or to implant new belief systems. When I have a day off, this is a new belief system. When I have a day off, I'm able to rest and I'm able to rejuvenate. Every, you know, major boxer can't go seven days a week, 12 hours a day. They need rest. The body needs to recuperate. Why am I any different? Why, why should I think that I can't have that time for myself? And then another thing that, you know, I have reframed for myself is, you know, I'm attracting what I am in this moment. So the more joy, the more excitement, the more peace that I feel in this moment, the more I am attracting to me. Okay. Another thing that I've implanted is, um, you know, when I'm in, like when I'm in that flow state, that creative state of like, you know, the ideas are coming and things are flowing. You know what I'm talking about, right? That flow state, I get more done in an hour or two hours than most people can do in a week. I know that I've proved it. So when I'm not feeling great, when I'm feeling this hesitation, this, this feeling of like, I'm just not in the mind space to create this new thing or to do social media posts or, you know, build this thing, whatever it is, I can allow myself now because I've implanted new belief systems and new perceptions. It's okay. Jody, you can take the time that you need to rest, to relax, to be enjoyed, to go play, to go have fun, because all of these things will lead to that flow state. And when you're in that flow state, you can do more than most people can do in a week or two weeks. So that's a mantra that I continuously repeat to myself to calm my nervous system and be able to be in this moment with you or wherever I am and enjoy it rather than, you know, being over there of what's coming next, if that makes sense. Yes, it makes a lot of sense, uh, Jordi, Jordilin. In fact, uh, if you if you see it uh, from your, if I see it from my perspective, I see it that uh, not only the tips that you are speaking out, your life itself uh, tells us a lot, gives us a lot of learning in terms of how one should see money, how one should have a balance or, or a relationship with money. Mm -hmm. So uh, I ask you on that. It's the last question I've got for you is that sitting from where you are at the moment, 
and you look at 2008, how do you see yourself from where, where your exact journey started, you know, and mm -hmm. how you felt then, and if you had lost hope, and how you feel now, how do you see mm -hmm. it all? Because a lot of people lose hope many a times, you know, and, yeah. and that's very unfortunate. So I just want uh, to try and give some hope with your example and the way you look at it at 2008. Yeah. Um, I wish, you know, I wish that I could go back and, into 2008 and give that that woman a hug, that young girl hug, um, because I can see now how I put the weight of the world on my shoulders, how I chastised myself for a mistake that I made. And I have learned to, to see that part of my life with compassion, with grace, with love and forgiveness. Um, because it was just a mistake. It didn't have to define who I am. And that's one of the biggest things with money is we think that our mistakes mean something about our hearts, our souls, who we are deep down. It means we're a bad person because we've made this mistake. And, oh, honey, no, no. You know, I think about, I tell my students this all the time, think about your best friend. Think about your best friend and if you were to call them and bear your soul, the things that you are the most ashamed about around money, would they tell you, yeah, you are a loser. Yeah, you're stupid. No! They would give you a giant hug and they would say, it's okay. You made a mistake. This is a part of learning. This is a part of you know becoming an adult. This is a part of life. This is what we're supposed to go through is these, you know, these events so that we can learn. And for me, I believe that it was all really, truly meant to be. If those moments would have wouldn't have happened, if I wouldn't have felt that shame, I wouldn't have had that drive to learn. I wouldn't have cared about the financial industry if that didn't happen to me. And I see now that every single thing that led up to the moment where we sit today was exactly on point, was on purpose, was supposed to happen, including that crisis, including those mistakes. And I am so, so very grateful for every single one of them because I'm grateful for the life that I have here right now in this moment. I'm grateful for the things that I've learned, not only about myself, but the world and the compassion that I hold now because of that experience for myself, as well as others that go through that experience or any sort of trauma in any arena whatsoever. So it was all truly meant to be, and I'm very grateful for it. Right. And the best part was that you said I would uh, want to give that girl in 2008 a hug. And yeah. you know, everybody else does not have to wait so many years uh, to come to that point to give themselves a hug. Uh, yeah. Whenever whoever is passing through a difficult time, they have to become their best friend. And 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 the best person is for uh, their best friend is themselves. And no harm in giving a self-hug. Yeah, absolutely. And I think something that I really want to mention is that we have this belief that to have a great life, we have to have money. And everybody's number is different, whatever yeah. number. And then we yeah. get stuck in this belief that I have to have all of this money, a million dollars, you know, a six-figure bank account, whatever it is to have a good life, to have joy. But I challenge that because it's not an absolute. There is people who have nothing 
who are dancing in the streets, who are so incredibly happy, who are, you know, in joy and in bliss that they feel taken care of. You know, you look at some of the monks, you know, I, you know, there's just people in the world. You can find examples. So it's not an absolute truth. And also on the other side, people who are very, very rich, who have that bank account that you want, who are miserable. Okay. Because happiness true happiness, peace, that feeling secure, it comes within you. And then the money, the resources, all of the money magic follows. Wonderful. So I, would, so I should say, a girl who shows a lot of money to a lot of people says, money is not absolute. It's only a means to the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just an option. It's just a thing that supports you. It Literally, if you think about currency, the currency of the world, every single currency in every single country is a fiat currency, which means it is backed by nothing, not gold, not silver, not any precious metal or anything like that. It's backed by the government's promise that it's worth something in your belief. It is simply just an exchange of energy, an exchange of love, you exchanging love, your energy for someone else's. And that dollar bill, whatever it looks like, like our Canadian money looks like monopoly money versus the states. I don't even know what your money looks <laughs> like, but every money looks different. That is just a representation of the work that you have done, the energy that you have put in to whatever, and it's passed back and forth. That's it. When you start to look at money as uh, no longer being a god, you know, we're not worshiping money. Money won't change our life. We change our lives. Money is just a byproduct of you living an extraordinary life. That's possible. When you start to see that, when you start to give with your heart and know that money will come in exchange, that's the life you were meant to live. And it's possible. Absolutely. Everything is possible. Yeah. Is, yes, everything is possible. And God has made a perfect world in the, in the imperfectness that we mm -hmm. see around. Mm -hmm. On that note, Jordalyn, thank you very much for coming in. It's a wrap on this edition of the KJ Masterclass. Thank you very, very much. Have a great day. Thank you.